we'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for November 8th, 2015. And uh, before we get started into the current events for this week, just a short Bible study. Um, this one's entitled, A Believer's Authority in Christ and Warring in the Spirit. Uh, as times get increasingly dark, I've had more requests to kind of cover the, recover these subjects over. Um, I've, I've covered them a lot in previous teachings, but uh, not so much lately. So Isaiah 59, 19 says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit, capital S, of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. So this is a really good one to commit to memory, um, <clears throat> to remind Satan and his minions um, of what their future is. And it says, They shall fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. And the authority that you actually can exert over Satan and his minions. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Very, very good one to commit to memory. Um, Jeremiah 51.50 He says, Thou art my battle axe and weapons of war, for with thee I will break in pieces the nations, and with thee I will destroy kingdoms. So it appears if you look at the context of this verse that God can use and has used in the past whether it be Israel or other nations, he can use them as his battle axe and weapons of war. I mean, God typically doesn't come down and, and you know, on, on, on a big throne and, 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 like, annihilate things in the sight of all men. He typically will use other nations. I'm not saying he can't do that, but I'm saying he typically will use other nations in order to accomplish his will. And it can even be an individual or, or a small group of individuals. It's it's up to the Lord. Like Gideon's army, God chose a small army uh to defeat the enemy so <clears throat> i always was intrigued with this verse thou art my battle axe and weapons of war for with thee i will break in pieces the nations and with thee i will destroy kingdoms so the whole gist of it is that god is the god of the universe he can use anyone or anything in order to accomplish his will there is nothing too hard for him so then we go to the next verse psalm 60 verses 12 and um, it says, through God we shall do valiantly, for it is he that shall tread down our enemies. And this is also Psalm 60, verse 12, and also Psalm 108, verse 13. They're the same verses. So through God we shall, we shall do valiantly, for it is he that shall tread down our enemies. Okay, so um, you have to understand it's through the Lord Jesus Christ that we're able to actually do valiant things, okay? And it, he is the one that shall tread down. It's not of you. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. It's not of anything. The reason I'm saying this is that the days and times we're moving into, um, we're going to be, I truly believe, encountering wicked spiritual entities, wicked entities that are literally starting to, they're going to become unmasked. This is already starting to happen. Okay, I can't cover that, this teaching, but the teaching I did recently on the whole UFO thing and, and on the whole alien disclosure thing with that Corey Good guy that we had talked with where he was, he was interviewing that other man, 
Um, I'm getting feedback from my listeners. I'm seeing things on the internet of a supernatural origin where people, my listeners, I mean, people I know, longtime listeners, they're encountering things now. And you have got to be rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ. You have got to have your house built upon that solid rock. There are going to be so many people falling away. And now, I don't say this because I think I'm Mr. Super Christian or because I'm better than everyone. Lord knows if I got what I deserved, I'd get death and hell. I'd be the first to admit that. But my hope is not in my own flesh. My hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. My hope is in what the Lord Jesus Christ could and will do through me. My hope is in his protection, um, in his knowledge, discernment, wisdom um, that he will give me. Uh, courage. Now, not everybody is called to literally um, engage high-level evil entities. In, in other words, everybody has different callings. We're all a call to prayer. We're all called to, to pray against wickedness, this type of thing. But I'm talking about literally engaging them. And you might be find yourself in the, in the coming days where you're literally confronting this level of evil. Um, I plan on getting into this in, in an upcoming study again. I've gotten more feedback now. I'm getting more testimonies from my listeners, and um, I'm telling you, <laughs> most Christians are totally, especially in America, I believe, are totally ill-equipped to deal with what is coming. And the great falling away um, that the Bible talks about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, I believe verse 3, we're going to be seeing that, that falling away of the church, and then that wicked, capital W, shall be revealed, the, the coming of the Antichrist and the false prophet. And, and the, then the Bible goes on to say that for this cause, after this is all, in the, in, after this is happening, during the midst of this happening, and for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, meaning he's going to send strong delusion to the world, that they will believe a lie, and also to the lukewarm Christians, the ones that are, that are neither hot nor cold, the ones that God's going to spew out of his mouth according to Revelation 3, the Laodicean church. God shall send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who receive not the love of the truth. See, the truth is not something that is fun. It's not something that is easy to love because you have to have a love for the truth. No matter how hard the truth may be, you still need to have a love for the truth. And the truth in today's day and age is getting ever and ever scarce. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Okay, so they're going to deceive others, and they themselves are going to be deceived. Okay, while they promise them liberty, like all the 501c3 corporate church pastors that are, that are, you know, half of them are probably on the clergy response team, yoked up with FEMA and Homeland Security, as we've documented over and over. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, the same shall be brought into bondage. Okay, so there, there are a lot of people out there are in these types of churches. They, they have been overcome. They're in bondage, but their chains are spiritual and they, and they don't see them. They're, they're asleep. They're not being given truth. They're being given little platitudes at church and, and, and a little amount of sermonettes and feel-good preaching. They're, they're, they, they don't have a burden for all the, the Christians being martyred 
worldwide, and particularly in the Middle East, they, they don't have any concern about fighting back against the wickedness infiltrating into this country on so many different avenues, whether it be ISIS, whether it be our own uh, traitor-in-chief Obama, um, whatever. The, the United Nations encroaching all of the ways that wickedness is permeating. They're not coming against wickedness. They're not fighting the good fight. And, man, when things start to really go down, we're really going to see the fallen winners. You're really going to see the separation of the sheep and the goats. Because you're going to be forced to. You're not going to have a choice anymore. You're, you're not. Me included. I mean, I'm not saying anything I wouldn't say to myself. Say to you anything I wouldn't say to myself. And I'm not saying it in a condescending way at all. I, I Trust me, we're all going to be in this situation. And in God is a divider, period. He is a divider. He divides the sheep from the goats. He's going to separate the wheat from the tares. You can see it over and over in, in the Proverbs, even, even Jesus Christ talked about. And to pray that you be accounted worthy to escape all the things that are coming upon this earth and to stand before the Son of Man. Jesus Christ says that at the end of Matthew 24, that we're supposed to pray that. They that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. No, you just, you can do whatever you want. You said that little prayer a long time ago, and then, and then you, can, you can turn your back on Christ, and, and, and you can go serve Satan. You're still saved. You're still secure. No, you're not. No, you're not. By their fruits, you shall know them. So the bottom line is, 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 as a Christian, you need to be willing to die for the Lord Jesus Christ. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and lo they loved their lives not unto the death. That's how, that's how we, we overcome, particularly in Revelation. I know we're not into the tribulation yet, but that could be triggered off by a lot of different things. So, you know, better, better um, to die in this life. And I'm not saying everybody's going to die and everybody's going to be martyred. I'm not saying that. But it's better to die and live in honor and live for the Lord Jesus Christ in this life than to have your um, capitulate to the devil and, and, and give in to his demands and, and have a little extra quality of life on this earth and then burn in the lake of fire for eternity. What's the better choice if you really think about it? You know, there really is no choice. But the rubber is fixing to meet the road. And... Um, That sifting process is is already starting to happen, and, and it's going to happen, and, and, and it already is happening in a lot of places. It just hasn't really come to America uh, as of yet. I mean, if you go over to the Middle East and you have like a a, a Christian, true Christian over there, and there, and it's like, okay, either either convert to Islam or we're going to cut your head off and the head of your family. Well, that's a tough decision, you know. But it's not a tough decision if you're a Christian. You have no choice. As a, well, you have a choice, but as a Christian, you really don't. You're going to maintain your Christian witness unto the end. You're going to endure to the end. And it's not by your own power, it's not by your own might, it's not by your own flesh that you endure to the end, lest any man should boast. But it's through the Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that lives inside you as a born-again Christian. So I, I say this as much to myself as I would anyone else. With, with, no, with, 
no pride. Do I say this like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I can't wait to whatever. And again, not everybody, God always preserves a remnant too. I always, I don't want to just ever be like, oh, let's just be doom and gloom. We're all going to die and we're going to, you know, no, no. God always preserves a remnant. If he didn't, how could he make someone his battle axe and weapons of war? Okay, now I understand he can even do that with an unsaved secular nation. But I do believe in the days and times to come we're going to see mighty exploits from his remnant such that probably have never ever been seen. As wickedness abounds, God grace all the more. So I really believe as it gets darker, you're also going to see a separating of a certain Christian the, the, the Christian remnant that are going to rise to levels you've probably never seen because God's going to always have some kind of counterbalancing mechanism against the devil. It's not like the devil's going to win. He's a defeated foe. Okay? Um, we know how it turns out. <laughs> you look in the book of Revelation. So look up for your redemption draweth nigh. So ultimately, we win. And, and, and we, the victory is through the Lord Jesus Christ and through Father God. It, it is, we have won. It's just a matter of, of, of living this life out that God's given us and, and, and um, doing it through him. So, um, through God, we shall do valiantly. For he it is that shall tread down our enemies. Another great one to commit to memory. And I mean this literally, like if something, like if you walk out of somewhere and one of these black-eyed children manifest, and listen, that, that's not up for debate anymore. They, thousands of people have seen these things. The only ones that, that, that evidently live to tell about it are the ones that don't let them into their house or into their car. Because if you do, you're pretty much, it's done. I heard one person let one into their house and they immediately ran to some room and locked themselves in there. I don't, I don't know if they... I forget exactly what happened after that, but they came out like hours later and the thing was gone. So, again, but they didn't let him into that room. <laughs> you know? But I, I'm telling you, what, what if that happens? You know? And, and uh, you're face-to-face -face with one of these things. Do you think... What did Jesus do when he... Conf when, when after 40 days and 40 nights of fasting with no water to boot... That Satan came and tempted Jesus. Because he knew Jesus was at his weakest point then. After that kind of fast. I mean, no no human could do that. He wasn't... I mean, I understand. Yes, he was fully man and fully God. I, I realize that. But he obviously was was much greater than any man that ever lived. Okay? He is our... He is the creator of the universe. He is our Lord and Savior. So, what? when did, when did Jesus... Well, uh, when did, when did uh, Satan tempt Jesus, well, okay, it was after that. How did Jesus deal with him? He dealt with him, if you look at that, pretty much exclusively by quoting back scripture to him. Well, if he is our master, then that is the best example that we could have. So I do believe that like these types of verses are extremely important to memorize and commit to memory maybe even print them out you can print this out and um this little thing in the pdf for uh november 8th 2015 and you can keep this page in your bible 
you know, where it's kind of like one-stop shopping. It's right here. These are a lot of the, the warfare verses. These are the, you know, and they, not to say they're all of them, but these are some pretty good ones. And they also build faith. And the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if you feel like your faith is not up to these to the standards that, that it needs to be, like like if you feel like, no, I, I, I can't do that. You're right, you can't do it in and of yourself. I can't either. But if you get your faith built up enough, yes, you can. And those are the ones that God will use. Okay, in the coming day. And, and listen to my teaching on my supernatural experiences. That's a big reason why I believe my faith has been built because, and I just talked to a listener the other day. He encountered one of these things, literally. Long-time trusted listener. I'm not even going to read the, the thing yet. Um, I'll, I'll save it for an upcoming teaching. But he basically encountered some kind of non-human entity that was in a human form. Okay, and this is a long-time trusted listener I've, I've known for a long time. And, and uh, he was really freaked out over it. But at the same time, he said, there's never been anything in my life that's increased my faith more. After, after, after this happened and after I've reflected on it. I'm telling you, when you get in those situations, your faith will be increased. Guaranteed. And then you'll be able to do things that you never thought were you would be capable of before. I've had a lot of stuff happen to me over the years. You can't, just can't supernatural in the keyword search box at continuefortruth.com. And, uh, I mean, I don't say that to brag. I'm saying that, that, listen, a lot of this stuff I didn't, I wasn't going and looking for. Some of it I have, but some of it I really wasn't. It was kind of thrust at me. And I've seen what the Lord can do. I've had a lot of dealings with voodoo, which is some of the most high-level witchcraft you can imagine. Nothing's ever happened to me. And I'm talking about voodoo where they're putting death curses on me. You know, and, and doing all kind of stuff. And, and, and I knew nothing was going to happen to me. I had faith. I just knew it. You know, and, and um, but it wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me doing it. it. It was the Lord. But if I had no faith to believe God protect, could protect me, I would probably would have been toast. He could have done it just to have mercy. But, you know, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So um, uh, that's something that, that, you know, read the word of God, listen to it. I have the KJV Bible, continuous revelation loop, playing 24-7 all the time in our house, and, and just somewhere in our house. And, and uh, I really believe that um, um, that's a, uh, it's a very, very great deterrent for evil spirits. I've literally seen when that thing stopped. And I'm not saying I'm trusting in my CD player, but I trust in the word of God. And the Bible says the word of God will not return void. And I've I've had times where, you know, it was in it was in another room and I didn't hadn't checked it and in all of a sudden I realized I hadn't been playing for a few days and then we've had problems that kind of seem weird and out of character. Well, I'm just saying, you know, it's the word of God. Okay, so let's go ahead and go to the next verse. And that one is Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Now, literally, if you were in a situation where, I don't know, you had a gun to your head. You had a weapon. Somebody was coming, 
quote this verse. It, it, it sure, I mean, quote it in faith, but it sure is not going to hurt to quote it. Yeah, but that's going to incite the other person. No, you're speaking to the devil. Where do all these things come from? They come from Satan. They come from demons that inhabit other people, devils, demons, whatever, that have, inhabit other people. Or other, let's say, you're literally dealing with some type of non-human entity. Uh, well, hold on. Well, what do you mean? Well, okay, well, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Okay, what was the days of Noah? Genesis 6. Genesis 6. Well, you have the giants you were dealing with. Were they human? No, they were a human fallen angelic hybrid. They were not human. Okay, so that's what I mean. And it, Jesus said, it's going to be that way in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Why, well, so shouldn't we be expecting this then? Why isn't the church warning people about this then? Well, because that's a fairy tale and never happened. Okay, you keep on with that line of thinking. And I know a lot of people have that line of thinking. And, and you, you think that Satan through Hollywood hasn't spent trillions probably of dollars brainwashing people over the years about what is coming in all manner of non-human entities because there's absolutely zero truth behind any of it and it's just for our, our entertainment the whole ufo thing and all the things about non-human entities whether you want to look at werewolves or vampires or black-eyed children or you name it none of it has any basis of fact obviously it's all for our entertainment because it means that much to satan that we're entertained Telling you, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise up against thee in judgment thou shall condemn. That's a really good one to commit to memory. And then it goes on to say, this is really cool, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. It's our heritage. What is our heritage? No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise up against thee in judgment thou shall condemn. That's pretty awesome. That's a pretty awesome heritage. And especially now. I wish more Christians knew to do this. Uh, especially in third world countries. Because a lot of them probably have only, you know, maybe they don't even have a Bible. Maybe they, they've only heard, the, you know, just the, the, the gospel. And I'm not saying that's not enough to save them and protect them. I'm just saying they don't know a lot of these other verses uh, regarding our positioning with god um because i i think that that it can make a gigantic difference um this is the heritage of the servants of the lord and their righteousness is of me saith the lord see we don't have our own righteousness it is the imputed righteousness of christ yes we want to have our own righteousness but we we don't it's not like we're righteous in and of ourselves. Oh, I'm so righteous. Well, then that's works. No, your, your ability to be righteous, your ability to live a righteous life is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that way he gets the glory. And then that way we're not trusting in our own righteousness, which the Bible says not to do. Because when you start to do that, then you start to get into every other ism religion in the world. Because there's only two religions in the world. There are, there's all the isms. 
Catholicism and, and Mormonism and all of the other isms, Taoism and, and Hinduism and Buddhism and you name it. How do you get to their prescribed, awaited um, place? Whether they call that heaven, whether they call it nirvana, whether they call it whatever. How do you get there? Through works. All of them. But then there's the other, the only true religion in the world. And I'm not even going to put a denominational label on it because denominations aren't biblical. They're not. I went, I've went over this a lot recently. You read the you know first parts of Romans and it's like, One saith I am of Apollos, one saith I am of Paul. Is Christ divided? No, denominations aren't, aren't biblical. You know, they're just not. There's literally thousands and thousands of Christian denominations. Which one has it right? Oh, sure that there's there's ones that their people are legitimately obviously getting saved, and there's ones that are a lot more right with God, and you can actually go into those churches and get saved, and there's ones there you couldn't go in there and get saved if you tried. You know, obviously there's different gradients, and obviously there's ones that are closer to the truth, but which one's the, the one that has it all nailed down? Well, I just choose to call it Bible-believing Christianity and, and, and going by by the Word of God, and the Word of God is of no private interpretation, as the Bible says, and yet we see through a glass darkly, the Bible says, so it's not like any of us have it all figured out. Jesus Christ, I mean, the, the, the Bible says that. The Bible, the incarnate, inherent Word of God. You see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. So we're not, we're not, like, you can't look at the Bible and say, well, I know exactly what all these verses in Revelation exactly mean. You know, because if you start doing that, that's pride. And pride will blind you and you will get off in your own little cult belief system thinking that you're the only one on the planet that has it all figured out. And boy, have I encountered a lot of people like that. And they literally have their own cults, their own little pseudo cults. Happens a lot with the Hebrew Roots Movement. Oh, I'm doing this, or I'm doing this, or I'm keeping the Sabbath, or I'm keeping the feast days, and I'm using this name for, for the Word of God and all this stuff. And they let pride well up in them. They follow some man, and then they get blinded. And they're trusting in their own works is the bottom line. Always is what happens. Always. Always. And trying to deal with them is like trying to beat your head against a wall. It doesn't work. It's, it's just irrelevant. You cannot win arguments with people that are totally brainwashed you can pray and fast if you feel so burdened for these people that maybe you're personally dealing with but i i get a lot of this from people and and it's like well listen there comes a time when you contend with a fool lest he be wise in his own conceit as the bible says in proverbs and then there comes a time that you contend not with a fool lest you be like him okay and those verses are literally back-to-back -back in Proverbs. Well, so when do you do what? Generally speaking, if you're dealing with somebody, you want to maybe contend with them at the beginning if you feel so led, so that they've been warned, so that they've at least been exposed to the truth. And then when it comes to the point where you realize this is just pointless, this is just a big satanic waste of my time, because Satan will use people like that to totally waste your time and to get you questioning your own faith like Mormons do or Jehovah Witnesses. Trust me, I've, I've been there with the Jehovah Witness thing. Just key in my, my, my teaching on Jehovah. Jehovah Witnesses, um, 
generally speaking though if you do keyword searches on my site you really just need to use one word i know that kind of i wish we had the capability to actually bracket quote the words and then search it that way but it doesn't really work that way anyway um you'll find it though those are what those cults are designed to do is to get you trusting in some cult belief system that you place your faith in that you start thinking these are the only people on the earth that have it figured out and that are actually going to heaven and everyone else on the planet is going to hell how utterly arrogant how i mean Really? They're the only ones. Well, what about before the Jehovah Witnesses were even created in the late 1800s? Well, everybody before that all went to hell, other than Jesus. Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. This is why denominations, I believe, are, are dangerous from that standpoint. You know? Because that's not even a denomination. I know you call it a cult, but, but they would call themselves some type of you know, Christian cult. I mean, Mormons, Church of Jesus Christ and the Latter-day Saints. Oh, this is a Latter-day revelation. Oh, okay. But what always ends up coming down is they never, ever end up going purely by the Word of God, the King James Bible. In the Mormonism, you have the Pearl of Great Price, you have the Book of Mormon, and then you have um, the King James Bible. I'm surprised they use a King James. But it doesn't matter when you got two other books that override <laughs> the Bible. So they're always going to pick those other false apostate books when the Bible doesn't fit. So that this is why I, you know, we're not to put our trust in man. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man and that maketh flesh his arm and his heart departed from the Lord. So if you're bound up in any little belief system that is contrary to the Bible and you start thinking that you're going to go into some little cult and they're the only ones that have it all figured out, you need to ask yourself the question, if all you ever had was the King James Bible, and you weren't influenced by this other cult belief system, would you have ever come to that conclusion on your own? Like, would I have ever come to the conclusion the Mormons had? Well, no, not unless I got the visitation from the angel Moroni, which Joseph Smith supposedly got, and then he wrote it down on these golden plates and buried them or something. Oh, actually, he was a Freemason. He took most of the, 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 the high-level, um, all the ceremonial stuff from the Freemasons, and he reincorporated it back into the Mormon religion. But that stuff happens all the time, over and over again with these cults. They're designed to get you into hell in the lake of fire. Trusting in your own works, basically, is what it all boils down to. All of it. It's just distill it down. It's what it's all about. Satan deceiving you. So, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise up against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. Praise God. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This is our heritage. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Well, praise God, because I don't want my righteousness to be of my own self. Yes, I want to live a righteous life, but I want to do it through the Lord. Because all our works are as filthy rags apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, according to the word of God. Jeremiah 23, 29, another really good one to commit to memory. Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. I can't wait to use that one. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> mm, I mean, I've used it, but I'm talking about literally, literally you have some type of non-human entity in front of you. I mean, I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that some people have that calling, some people don't. See, 
the thing is, I feel like that if Christians could go around and literally confront these things, and literally they're, they're having a hard time holding form now, is what I'm seeing. Um, what if you could get that on footage? And then take that footage and copy it. Like put it on a whole bunch of USB things. Send it to a whole bunch of Christians. So that YouTube just can't take it down when you put it up. It's going to be on all kind of Christian outlets. How are they going to explain that? Who, if who's ever confronting these evil entities actually gives credit to the Lord Jesus Christ and doesn't take, try to take any credit for himself. God, the Bible says God will share his glory with no man. I don't want the glory. I want God to get the glory. I want to see people get saved as a result of that. You know how many people could get saved? Because people are always looking for, for you know, signs and wonders and stuff like that. Well, that's an actual way that it could be used for good. There's going to be a lot of lying, false signs, lying signs and wonders and miracles. That's how the Bible says that the Antichrist and the false prophet are going to deceive the whole world. That's what we're moving into. We're going to be seeing these lying signs and false wonders and all this stuff and miracles in mass. And that's all it's going to take for most people to fall forward hook, line, and sinker. But what if God was counterbalancing that through his remnant by confronting these wicked, evil entities and that footage was actually getting out? I, you know, all I'm saying is God always has a counterbalancing mechanism. That's what I'm talking about. You know? So it's not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremiah 23, 29. Psalm 91, verse 13. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder. Now, Psalm 91 is just awesome, period. But thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon, shalt thou trample under feet. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. How is... How is the dragon portrayed in the Bible? Typically is Satan. And always is something wicked. You know, dragons never, oh, he's a nice dragon. He's a good boy. Give him a liver snap, you know, the little dog treats. Anyway, no, they're, they're not typically portrayed that way. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the adder being a snake, and the young lion and the dragon shall thou trample under feet. Yeah. And that, again, that's just one little small portion of Psalm 91. Uh, 2 Timothy 1.7 For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The spirit of fear. Everywhere you look, that's what the news is trying to get you into. The spirit of fear. Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, understanding, knowledge, the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. So that's the only kind of fear we really want to possess. Okay, and that's why I try to do a lot of counterbalancing with scripture on these teachings because so much of what I go over is designed to put fear. But the Bible also says that the men of Ishakar were more wise and that they were understanding of the times that they lived in. I'm paraphrasing that, but I've said that verse many times. They understood the times they were living in. And in the time of the greatest deception the world's ever known, it's pretty important to understand, be an understander of the times you're living in so that you're not deceived.
okay? And, and to have a love for the truth in that regard as well. Not just scriptural truth, but also just truth of, okay, what's going on? What, what are we facing? What, what is the deception that's coming? You know, um, that's kind of why we, why contendingfortruth.com exists for that reason. So, um, let's go further here. Uh, and then Ephesians 6.10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Well, what if you don't put on the full armor of God? Well, then it sounds like you're going to have a hard time standing against the wiles of the devil. So this is something you literally should be doing every day. And sometimes I do it several times per day. You know? Um, it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Well, this is part, this is a big part of the way that you are strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You put on the whole armor of God. It's conditional. You just don't not put on the full armor of God. You just don't not ever pray and expect, you know, God to go out there and, and protect you. you. You just, you know, yes, he could, but, you know, there's... There's things that the Bible says to do that we need to be obedient about doing if we want to appropriate his protection. Um, this is how we stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Against Now you could say, yeah, but what if somebody comes up to me and they're a flesh and blood person? Yeah, but you have to understand, what are the, what are the evil entities possessing them to come against you? Let's say they had a gun to your head or they pulled a knife or whatever. Okay, is that the person or is it or is it the evil entities that are influencing them and potentially possessing them and indwelling their flesh? Well, it says here we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Basically, those are Satan and his fallen angels. Um, then it says... Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye, may, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. That's how we withstand in the evil day. So this is like the most, other than being a born-again, Bible-believing Christian, this is like, the, if you want to deal with Satan, this is the next step. This is the, not not to say it's the only thing, but it's, it's the most important thing, I think, that you have to do in order to deal with. Uh, to fight Satan and his minions, to be able to deal with that. And, and again, it's just good every day in the morning, you know, to do this before your day starts. You know, if you find that you're having trouble with certain things about your day, like whether it's at work, whether it's, okay, do you get on the road and do people just seem to come out of the woodwork and want to run you off the road? Okay. Because everybody has different things they deal with. Satan knows our weaknesses. Okay, well, if you know you've had this big history of, wow, I always have problems here, whether it's at work, whether it's at wherever, on the road, or wherever, that's where Satan always, well, then make sure you've put on the full armor of God and you've prayed before you get there or before you engage in that activity. I'm not saying that because I'm trying to be sanctimonious. I'm saying I, I would say it as much to myself. I forget to do this myself. You know? Um, but, because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And Satan's always looking to trip us up. He's roving about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he, whom he may devour. 
And especially he's going to concentrate on born-again Christians because that's his only real true enemy on the planet because everybody else he already has. So he's going to focus in on what few remaining remnant Christians are on the planet. You know, I've been around people, and particularly of the Pentecostal uh, variety, because I was, I came out of that. And I'm not saying this now to, to brag at all, but it's like their lives are in constant chaos. Constant. It's like, you know... Oh, I, uh, Satan tried to come in through my front door today and this and that and I'm falling in and I'm battling all night in prayer and I, I haven't got to sleep in 10 days and I'm like, that's really weird. That I mean, yeah, I've been in battles, no doubt, no doubt, been in battles. But it's like, why are you in this constant, never-ending, sleep-deprived state where you never, ever, ever seem to get the victory over Satan other than for like a minute or two? And I think a lot of it with that is that they're bound up in false religion. I ought to know I came out of that stuff. You know, a lot of it's the flesh. They may be praying tongues that are literally demonic and they don't even know it. They think they're praying some heavenly language, but they're praying a demonic tongue. That's so common in charismatic circles. You look at the, you look at the, the starting of the charismatic church at Azusa Street. That was one of the most wicked things ever. There were so many demonic manifestations. And the Bible says if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Key in Azusa in the keyword search box. Because I always go back, well, what started this? What started the Mormons? What started the Jehovah Witnesses? What started the Pentecostal movement? Was it, was it good and pure and, and biblical? Or was it corrupt from the very beginning? Well, if it's a corrupt fountain, it's only going to yield corrupt water. If it's a corrupt tree, it can only yield corrupt fruit. Or if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So I always go back to the beginning. Well, no, it was really bad at the beginning. True. I'll, I'll give you that. But now it's puritanical and wonderful. Oh, when the Bible predicts that there's going to be a falling away at this very time and that things are going to get more wicked and wicked by the day. I mean, I have, I mean, to this day, I, I haven't talked to them in a, in a long time, but I've had charismatic friends I love dearly. But, man, um, it's like never-ending chaos in their lives. I have never been around a group of individuals that had more unending, never-ending chaos in their lives than charismatics. And you look, you look at the, what has the TV evangelism stuff been dominated by? Well, you've got your, all of your false, literally closet Satanists like Benny Hinn and um, uh, Kenneth Copeland with his own airport and, and bragging about how he's, I don't know, a billionaire or something. And, 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 you know, then I had that, that thing that the Lord showed me, those 20 hours of tape so long ago for that Australian guy to put him out where he was slowing down their tongues, he was reversing their tongues, he was getting them, hearing them what they were saying off camera. 20 hours of this stuff. It's up on the internet now. I sent my only copy. This is the only copy left in the world. I sent it to one of my listeners. Um, key in the, I believe, Toronto Blessing Unmasked. Yeah, Toronto Blessing Unmasked. You'll find it. Those are, those are literally my VHS tapes I sent to a guy, a listener in England, and it took him like a long time to put him up, but he, he heard me say that I hadn't, because I lose track of people. I, I, I'm dealing with, you know, I looked back the other day, I was like 21,000 emails, I, replies I've done since like, I don't know, 2012 something. It's, it's, it's easy to lose track. I don't have a photographic memory. Um, 
And um, he put them up, and all 20 hours are up there now. But remember, it's a copy of a copy, and then it got put on the internet. So, But you'll, you can still hear what they're saying, and um, you can see fairly well. But, you know, I could come to know the conclusion that these people are closet Satanists. Paul Crouch and all them, they're Satanists. Well, if you were Satan, wouldn't that be who you would put in that position to try to get as many people off track as possible? You know, to get them into false religion? You know, get them trusted in whatever? Catherine Kuhlman and and Benny Hinn, and I've done teachings on almost all these, just keying their last names in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. Copeland, Kuhlman, get a lot on Kuhlman, Azusa Street, Benny Hinn, you name it. Those are the ones that have influenced that, that movement. So if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Um, so the Lord's had me in a little bit of everything. Charismania? You name it. I've been there. You know? Independent, fundamental, King James only, unincorporated, unregistered church Baptist movement. I've been there. Spoke at the conferences. I went I went the gamut. Catholic high school. Um, Lutheran middle school. Uh, grew up with my mom, new age yoga stuff, rock and roll everywhere. My, my, my parents as secular as you can be. I've kind of like run the gamut. So I feel like I have a nice broad perspective where if somebody comes to me, I can say, ah, yes, I've been there or I'm familiar with it or I can connect you with the right person to get you some help, hopefully with what you're dealing with. Um, so let's go further here. Um, <clears throat> Let's see. Um, so, then it goes on to say, Ephesians 6.13, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. So we stand against the devil. We stand. We don't turn. Why? Because your armor's on the front of you. If you turn and run, you're exposed. You have to engage the enemy on the battlefield, face on, standing against him. If you run with your tail between your legs, your armor's base you have no armor on the back. And basically the armor, if you had any on to begin with, is probably gone anyway. Why? Because you have to have faith to put the armor on to believe it's gonna work. Now, could God protect you? Sure. But well, we're gonna get to the armor right now. Um, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. These are all attributes of things we should have in our lives. Um, as well, obviously, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, um, putting out the gospel, um, and then it goes on to say, it goes on to say, above all, above all, it says, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all, not part, all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now, the bigger your faith is, the bigger your shield is, I would imagine. I mean, if you had barely any faith, I mean, you're not going to have a very big shield. But if you have a big, if you have a big faith in God, and you can God ask God to increase your faith, you know, um, then you're going to be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And it, it says, above all, do this. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. So again, I think, like, the faith part is the whole thing, the whole crux of how you stand on the battlefield to engage the enemy. That's your, that's your, that's why it says above all, because you have to have that 
in order to stand. I mean, if you don't have any faith, how are you going to use the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, which is the next part we'll talk about? How are you going to use that with any kind of faith? You can just quote Scripture and it can mean nothing to you. And the devil knows that because there's no faith behind it. You have to have the faith behind it to, to say, you know what? What I'm saying is the word of God. It is the sword of the spirit. It's not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. Do you believe that? I'm telling you, that's, where, that's, that's what it all boils down to. So then the next verse, and take the helmet of salvation. Um, well, obviously, a helmet would guard your mind. okay, And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Okay, so it's literally the only offensive weapon mentioned here. The sword of the spirit. Everything else is defensive. But the sword of the spirit is an offensive weapon. And that's why you quote it back to Satan and his minions. Because that's how you take the offense. And not just the defense. That's why I'm so huge on quoting scriptures back to these, to these things. Um, Ephesians, I mean, that time that, if you remember that, it's, it's in my supernatural teaching, that time that that guy said that he had this 20 foot white royal winged reptilian manifesting in his backyard and it was all over the news in Northport, Florida. And he had a big cast of this thing that had literally walked out the back door one night and the thing was literally standing there. It was 20 feet tall. Um, he had the cast. He showed it to me. I went to his house. The, the guy said, I told him, I said, I will come over there at any time he wants me to, and I will confront that thing. I told it to a lady named, a uh, listener I had, Susan. And so she conveyed that to him, and he said, oh, yeah, really? He won't come over here. He'll be like all the other ones. He won't come over here. In fact, if he's a real man, have him come over at 12 o'clock midnight on a full moon, and we're going to watch him run like a little baby. Like a little sissy. So I said, what did I say? He said, come over at 12 o'clock on, on a thing. And no, I think then I said, no, I'll do you one better. I'll come, I'll come over there. If I recall this right, I'll come over there at 12 o'clock midnight on a full moon. Because that's when supposedly it all really, really manifested the worst. Which is typical. So what happens, and, and I, I got over there, and, and I was not trusting in my own self, but I sure wasn't going to back down from this challenge, and I, I'll be honest, I really didn't have any fear about this, because I felt like if this thing was going to manifest, now you could say, okay, now, now you're just out of control. Listen, I'm telling you, this guy had all kind of manifestations on his, they, they had missing time, they had abductions going on, they had casts of foot. I don't think this guy was making this stuff up. He was about half crazy, okay? I mean, as far as his theology, he was like the pseudo-Christian, I don't even know. But he had invited people over and over to this place. And when I got there, he had literally scheduled time blocks. When we pulled up in the front driveway, these one people were going in, and basically, they were going to take our time block. And we were like, oh, man, you know, man. So the psychic goes in. I'm pretty sure they were lesbians. The psychic goes in, and literally, they're in there for five minutes. And they come out. And I'm watching this. It's pitch black dark. There's all these people in, like, the street out front. And they got, like, swords. I mean, literally, they've got, like, swords. There are all these freaky teenagers and stuff. And they're there to do battle. I think it's, like, Dungeons and Dragons or something. 
and 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 this lady comes back out like five minutes later she's just shaking she's like oh get me out of here get me out of here and and they get back in the car and they leave so the guy comes out and he's like he's like well i guess their slot opened up and it was right before midnight so it was like the the witching hour or whatever so we go in there and we sit on the porch and and we're sitting there and i'm like well let's go outside i mean it was a screened in porch let's do this so it was it was toward this this big i don't know uh these trees that i mean literally it was like almost impenetrable and and so we went out there and i think he did because he didn't want to lose face um but he was only out there for uh, it was a very short period of time and susan and i were there and then i started looking into the woods because supposedly that's where these things have manifested and come through um and i went into the woods by myself with a camera i still got the footage um and you know what i was doing i was quoting scripture I was praying to God and quoting scripture. I was not relying on my own self. Wasn't relying on oh, big bad Scott out there. I'm going to slay some 20 foot winged reptilian. And you could say, oh, well, that's a bunch of garbage. You know what? There's a lot of people that have seen these things. And remember what we talked about before in that UFO teaching? This is how these things manifest. What was Satan? He was a serpent. He was a reptile. Okay. They're saying that the, 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 the highest order cast of those things are the 20 foot white skinned winged reptilians. Now, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that a lot of high-level occultists, a lot of people that have dealt with these things say that this is one of the highest orders of devils that you could ever encounter. And I'm just telling you what, what they have said. I saw the cast. I literally, the cast he showed me, you could literally see the veins in the bottom of this thing's hoof. Like, because it was a hoof that went, like, down, like, 12 inches into the ground. And this wasn't like after a rainstorm. It was like he walked out the back door and then this thing was standing there. He freaked out, went back inside and like barricaded him aside. And the next morning he came out and he found the footprint. And literally it does not look like it was something that he created. I don't see how you could have done that. You could see the faint veins in the bottom of this thing's hooves. It was, it was huge. And it was so heavy it sunk down 12 inches at least on normal grass. I mean, if a normal person stands on normal grass, they're not going to sink down at all. That's how big this thing was. But I know that my God is bigger than any 20 foot or 100 or 1,000, whatever, winged reptilian. Period. He's no match for him. God created the universe. You can't top that. So little puny old me has the ability to actually engage this thing on the battlefield through the Lord Jesus Christ, and primarily the offensive weapon that you use is the word of God. But you have to speak the word of God in faith, and you need to have the full armor of God on, and you need to pray before you do anything like this, and even fast, because I fasted some too. You really would want to do that. You would really want to fast before you do this, however the long the Lord's convicted you to do that, okay? Because I'm not going to put any set time on that. The Lord convicts you to fast a certain amount of time so you can go out and be capable of engaging these things. That's what you do. I fast almost every single day to a certain extent because I almost always skip the first meal uh, of my day. And I, and I typically don't end up eating until a lot later. Um, now, I'm not saying that that's um, biblically fasting every day, but I'm saying I do fast pretty much every day to a certain extent. But... Um, yeah, I walked through the woods. I filmed the whole thing. I still have the footage to this day. Um, quoted scripture, prayed, 
went there, went back and forth in those woods. He never saw anybody do what I had done. He was terrified. He went back in the house. And then everybody left, pretty much, other than Susan and I, and I think there was one other person there. And then I went to the woods across the street where they had saw stuff, went all in there. I was calling, I mean, I was kind of calling these things out. I'm like, if you want to manifest, go ahead. Let's let's engage here. I'm, I want this on film. You know, let's do this. Um, and then I found out the guy next to him, two stories down, was, was the highest level. He had the first church of Satan or something for Port Charlotte. And he lived there. So it was no wonder you were getting all these manifestations. Um, it must have been, I don't know if it was where these ley lines cross that the Bible, the, 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 a lot of the occultists refer to where you'll have these PowerPoints where these things tend to manifest. All I'm saying is that that one little story, and I think I get into it further in the supernatural teaching, those kind of stories are going to start to become commonplace in the, in the future for Christians. Um, and unless they're equipped to deal with that on some level, they're going to get their clocks cleaned. Uh, and I mean, I'm nothing special. God can use anybody. He can use a donkey, you know? Um, but we just need to have the faith to believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is capable of dealing with these things and to quote scripture. I'm, I'm just like what Jesus did. You quote scripture to these things when they manifest. They'll understand that. You don't try to reason with Satan. Jesus Christ didn't try to reason with Satan. You quote scripture. And that's how you deal with them. And, and I say all this to build up your faith. Okay? So, so that you understand, I'm not anything special. God doesn't have, I don't have some corner in the market for any of this stuff and, and, and whatever. And, and, but God can use his remnant in a mighty way he can do mighty exploits through them and i believe that's the kind of faith we're going to need to operate in and especially in the in the days that are coming so now i'm running out of time here but um for this first part uh it goes on to say that um praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for the saints um the Bible also says in 2 Corinthians 10, 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Uh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So it's almost like, especially when you're dealing with something that's of a pure evil entity origin, whether it has a physical body or whether it's purely a spiritual body, like let's say a fallen angel, okay? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Carnal means fleshly. It says, but mighty. Through the Because if it was carnal, then we could say, oh, wow, look at me. It's me. It's my flesh. It's I'm doing this. No, it says, but mighty through God. Through God. That's always the key. To the pulling down of strongholds. And that though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. So I truly believe when it comes to these types of entities, the last thing you probably want to even try to do is engage them actually with a physical weapon. Now that's, that takes even way more faith, if you think about it, because then you've got nothing to fall back on but God. You have nothing to fall back on. And I'll be honest, I mean, even, even I'm like, well, man, I, I at least want to take this with me, you know, but then that gets into, okay, where's your faith? 
Is it in the weapon you possess or is it actually in the word of God? So when I've went to these things, I've always went out of my way to not have a weapon on me. Um, as far as I can remember, at least as much as I can remember, I've always tried to always do that because I'm trying to show God, okay, Lord, here I am. Uh, what, whatever you want to do through me or, or, or even not through me, however you want to work, you know, I'm, I'm your willing servant here. Um, I can do nothing apart from you. I am nothing apart from you. And as Solomon said, I am as but a little child. I know not whether to come in or go out apart from thee, O God. And that was the only prayer, one of the only prayers in the Bible you ever heard actually pleased God. I'm not saying God can't ever be pleased with our actions, but that prayer actually pleased God. And what did God do to Solomon? Well, he gave him, that was when Solomon, really his wisdom exploded and his riches exploded. And he didn't ask, he didn't ask for more riches or for more of a kingdom he asked for the wisdom to be able to rule these people that god had given him and that pleased god but he humbled himself as a little child you know and the bible says if you don't humble yourself as a little child you will not see the kingdom of god so it's very very important to have humility before god and fear of god um regarding all this because we cannot appropriate god's protection he cannot use us as as his vessel as potentially his battle axe and weapon of war. And I'm just using that as an, an analogy in, in the Bible. He can't use us in that way unless we've humbled ourselves before him first and that we fear him. Because the fear of the God, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. So you have to fear God. And, and when you fear God, you will have the humility toward God. So all of that is prerequisite about before you ever go out and battle something, fear of God and humility to God. That's that's what actually, you know, that's that's probably the most important thing. Um, so, um, going forward here, um, then it goes on, it says, For weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty through the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth, exalteth itself against the knowledge of god so basically praying to god that that our thoughts are are pure as well casting down imaginations and then it says and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of christ so you don't want like all kind of bad thoughts and in worldly and secular thoughts going through your head when you're trying to battle evil you know um, and that's what that's in reference to. So then the last verse there, it says, and having readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Um, then it goes on to say in first John three, eight, and you could say, well, God never called us to any of this. Jesus never worried about any of this stuff. Oh, really? It says for this purpose, the son of God was manifested. Jesus Christ for this purpose. This was the main reason. Well, granted, to save our souls, but for this purpose was the Son of God manifested. But saving our souls is part of this. That he might destroy the works of the devil. So, if you, you would say, well, none of this matters about all this, what you're talking about, because it's not, oh, really? Well, it says, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So, shouldn't that be some, one of our main goals, if that was his main purpose? Destroying the works of the devil, part of that is the redemptive salvation process because, you know, that defeated Satan. You know, offering that way to heaven through the Lord Jesus Christ, his shed blood, 
his death, burial, and resurrection, his completed work on the cross. Okay, so, um, yeah, it's super, super important. And if we're to be followers of Christ, that should be one of our goals too, to destroy the works of the devil. That's why kind of what I do, what I do with this ministry is I'm trying to get as many people educated and saved and on the right track so that if uh, the devil had them in deceived about certain aspects of their life or, or, or spirituality or whatever, that they can get on the right track and that the works of the devils are uh, the work of the devil is destroyed. The plan that he had for that person is derailed now, and now they're on the right track for the Lord Jesus Christ. Not because they're following me, because I don't want anybody to follow me. I want them to follow the Lord Jesus Christ in His Word. Um, so again, that's an awesome verse. You can quote to people that if they say, well, why, 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 I don't need to worry about any of this. All I need to worry about is this. And well, you know, <laughs> says that he might destroy the works of the devil. Oh boy, I'm totally out of time. And the 70 returned again with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us in thy name. And he said unto them, Jesus, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give you the power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's what he said to the apostles, but I believe we can still appropriate that verse regarding um, our position in the Lord Jesus Christ in heavenly places the Bible talks about. And, um, but we have to have the faith to believe it. And then he goes on to say, notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, because it, he said the evil spirits are subject unto the, unto the apostles, basically, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Well, amen to that. So that's all I have for this part. We'll go to part two next. Scott Johnson's 1,000 plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H.com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2359 Highway 70, Southeast, number 321, Hickory, NC, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.